0: Hey everybody. This is Heidi St. John. You have found me at my little corner of the internet uh, here at the Busy Mom Podcast. I'm so glad that you've joined me today. Uh, many of you have been following me uh, this summer as my husband and I and five of our seven kids have been traveling around the United States and speaking at uh, conferences and different conventions. And I hope that you have been encouraged. It sure has been a delight for us to be able to uh, to do that, I've also really enjoyed meeting so many of you who listen to the podcast. So I think one of my, one of my new favorites was a mom who came up to me in North Carolina and she said, you know, a moment of silence for meeting Heidi St. John, which I love that because it tells me they're listening to the podcast. So I am excited today, um, because I have one of my writers from The Busy Mom is on the podcast today with me. I get questions. Um, from time to time from moms who have special needs kids, you know, they're either they're homeschooling a child um, with autism or with Asperger. Sometimes I get questions about Down syndrome. And uh, Melissa, who is um, my virtual assistant at the busy mom and also writes for me from time to time came on a couple of months ago, and she talked about um, ministering to um, families that have special needs kids. But today I've invited Wendy uh, Hilton to come on with me and she's gonna talk specifically about her experience of being the mom of a a child with autism and a child with Asperger's. And I have asked her if she can come and help me kind of go over the ins and outs of what that looks like for her on a day-to-day life and then also how um, you can help a family who has an autistic child or something like that. And so we're also going to be giving tips in the next podcast. I'm going to do this, uh, two, uh, two episodes. And the next one, we're going to talk about, um, those of you who have a child with, with Asperger's or autism, some things that Wendy has learned that I think are going to really help you. So Wendy is one of the a three founders of hip homeschool moms. Those are all gals are all friends of mine who love the hip homeschool mom community. And so I will link back to hip homeschool moms. Um, if you're interested, go and check that out. And then, uh, if we name resources, if, you know, if something comes up in the podcast as we're talking, I will link back to those things in the show notes today. So welcome to the busy mom podcast, Wendy. Hey, Heidi. Thank you so
1: much for having me. I'm glad to be here sharing a little bit, hopefully, to encourage parents of kids with autism and Asperger's. And really, a lot of these tips will work for those who have kids with Down syndrome or any sorts of
0: special needs. Well, I appreciate you coming. And I I've had the privilege uh, for those of you who are listening and, and didn't know this uh, that, that Wendy does write for the busy mom, but I have had the privilege of, of being at a fearless retreat that I did in Tennessee with her. And just it's been a joy to just uh, hear her heart, not only for uh, moms who are going through this, but also for their children. So I think you're going to come away with a lot of great information today. So, Wendy, tell me a little bit. You've been married to your husband, Scott, for 25 years. So, congratulations. Thank you. Love that. It's such it's so refreshing, honestly,
1: <laughs> to to, uh,
0: to hear that in, in, in this day and age. And you have three children and they are all in their teens or older, correct? So Hannah and right. Noah and Mary Grace. So tell me a little bit about your kids, how old they are. And uh, you've said that it's Hannah is the one who's severely autistic. Is that right? Right, right. Yes.
1: Hannah is 20. She'll be 21 in about six weeks, and I can't oh, believe I'm old enough to have a 21-year-old.
0: It goes by fast, doesn't it? Right. <laughs> but, um,
1: yes, Hannah is severely autistic. She is nonverbal, um, and she requires a lot of one-on-one care. Mm-hmm. She's, her motor skills are not very good, so she can't really be independent with bathing, dressing, um, in the bathroom, those kinds mm-hmm. of things, so mm-hmm. she's a lot like um oh, probably she may function on the level of maybe a two year old or mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. and then Noah is nineteen and he has aspergers, so he's kind of on the middle of the autism spectrum.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Noah is a lot more functional than Hannah, of course, he's very verbal and if you met him, just like a lot of other children with Asperger's, you might not at first really even realize that there's anything different about mm-hmm. him, mm-hmm. but if you were around him very long, you would start to notice, and, and we may talk about a few of those characteristics as we go through. Mm-hmm. Um, Mary Grace is my 13-year-old and she has ADHD, Mm -hmm. which is actually on the very mild end of the autism spectrum, and it's not unusual for parents, families to have an autistic child and then maybe also one with Asperger's or others with ADHD.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm So, that
1: is, that's what, those are my three kiddos.
0: That's what I do all day. <laughs> wow. So you um, you and I were having this discussion right before uh, we came on the air about this. I didn't realize that there was even a spectrum and that basically um, Asperger's and ADHD fall on the autism spectrum. So I, my mm-hmm. initial question, I guess, um, that comes to mind is when your, when Hannah was born, how did you know? How old was she? How did you know that she had autism? Like, what were what were the uh, kind of uh, signals? I know with as many people as we've got listening to this today, I bet you anything, somebody's listening to this going, I wonder if that's my child. Right, right. Hannah was fairly typically uh,
1: developed, fairly typically, until she was about a year old. Now, her motor skills were always a little bit slow, and of course, a lot of children have slow motor skills, sure. and that doesn't mean at all that they're autistic. Mm-hmm. But Hannah was very consistently slow with all of her milestones, with sitting up, rolling over, walking. She did start talking around age one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: She would say just a few words, mama, dada, uh-oh, bye-bye, those mm-hmm. kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And then over the next few months, I would say maybe from 15 to 18 months, When you see a lot of children suddenly become very verbal and very social, that sort of thing, Hannah regressed.
0: Mm -hmm. She
1: stopped talking. She stopped making eye contact. Mm. She didn't want to be held and loved and that sort of thing. So where other children make great progress during those months, she was kind of going the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. And obviously as her mom, that was very noticeable Mm -hmm. and I knew that something was wrong, but I really did not know what was wrong at first. I thought maybe she just didn't feel well for a few days. She was just lethargic and a little yucky. But Mm -hmm. then when it became her new lifestyle, I realized something is really wrong here Mm -hmm. and we need to find out what it is and do something about it. Because Mm -hmm. instead of being more social, more verbal, um, understanding. She went from understanding what I would say to her to acting like she had no idea what I was saying to her. She couldn't follow simple directions anymore, like, you know, go put your diaper in the trash can or whatever. She would look at me like she had no idea what I was saying to her, Mm -hmm. those sorts of things. So it was very obvious in her case that Mm -hmm. something was wrong, Mm -hmm. that she was regressing. And at that time, almost 21 years ago, autism was very rare. Right. So. We we had no idea at first what it meant or what to do about it.
0: Wow. And when you received, how old was she when you got that diagnosis then?
1: I realized she was autistic from the time she was somewhere around a little less than two years old. Mm -hmm. And then it took us until she was about three to get a medical professional to listen to us. They wanted to say, she's your first child. She's just a late bloomer. But I had seen the regression that they couldn't see because they did not live with her. Sure. And so I understood where they were coming from. But I also knew as mom, usually your instincts are pretty good. Mm. If you're fairly certain that something is wrong, then you need to keep at it until you can get a medical professional to take you seriously. Mm-hmm. And. And really, take a good look at your child and listen to you and f- help you figure out just what is going on, because usually a mom's gut instinct is, is going to be right,
0: right, yeah, that's right. And then your son, then you had Noah just mm-hmm. a, a year mm-hmm. later, right? he's a year younger than Hannah, a year and a half somewhere he's about
1: there. one and a half, he's about eighteen months younger mm-hmm. than her,
0: mm-hmm. so and Noah kind of a similar thing with right him? at the time what now was that kind of a similar thing with him?
1: Well, it was really a lot different with him because he was born when Hannah was one and a half. Uh-huh. So it was right at the time that Hannah was really regressing. And so Noah did develop a lot more normally than Hannah did. And honestly, it took us a lot longer to realize that there was anything different about him because when your first child is severely autistic, yeah. Um a child with Asperger's who's much milder on the spectrum, it was a lot harder for us to recognize Mm -hmm. because we didn't have an older child who was typically developing to compare him to. Right. And comparison is dangerous. Comparison can be very dangerous. But in his case, he did develop language. He had pretty decent eye contact, those sorts of things. It was really as he got a little older, maybe four, five, six years old, that we realized something was different about him because socially, he was very awkward. He had trouble making friends. He was brutally honest, which mm-hmm. can be difficult. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> can be difficult. Yeah, when you have a kid with no filter, who right. literally, he would say anything that came to mind. And if it was a negative thing about one of his friends, he just said it. He yeah. just thought, well, I'm telling the truth. Right. He had no no concept that sometimes, okay, if you really don't like your friend's new haircut, um, you don't have to say that. You can just <laughs> keep that to yourself. Right, um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so he didn't get that. Um, but, and it was harder for us to recognize, too. We just thought, oh, my goodness, this child is brutally honest like most children are. Yes. But as he got older, we noticed more and more differences between him and typically Developing peers,
0: right? So it was a lot harder to recognize, and often can be
1: for kids with Asperger's.
0: So let me just ask you a, a, just a, a brutally honest question. Talking about being brutally honest, mm-hmm. um, how was that okay. for you as a mom? So now you're coming to, to grips with the fact that you have one child was who's severely autistic, and one child with autism. Yes. How was how how did that impact you as a mother? And I'm I'm also curious to know how did it impact those around you? Like, did you feel Like you were, people didn't understand or did you feel like you had a lot of support? How was that for you? Um, It was hard. It was really, really hard. Yeah. I'm trying to imagine. And I'm thinking, you know, for, I know that there's a lot of people who are listening to this today because we get quite a few emails from (laughs) people who have children with special needs. And a lot of what I hear from them is people don't understand uh, they right. they don't feel like they're getting a lot of grace, and so I'm wondering if for the for the parents who are listening, and they're not struggling with that, but they know someone who is. Could you give me mm-hmm. just a couple of ideas, or maybe some information for folks who might want to help uh, a family who yeah. has an autistic child at one point or another?
1: Um, one of the most important things is just not to judge, mm. and that can be difficult. You know, when you see somebody like me with an autistic kid. Mm-hmm. who maybe is having a meltdown mm-hmm. at that moment mm-hmm. because she can't verbally say, um, mm-hmm. I'm tired, I'm ready to go home now. Right. Or I really want that treat at the grocery store and you won't let me have it. Right. And they even, even our kids with Asperger's don't always have verbal skills well enough honed to be mm-hmm. able to say, here's how I feel.
0: Okay, so when so when you talk about someone judging you, really, I mean, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes and you and I talked about this before uh, the podcast started. A really good friend of mine who lives in Vancouver has a child with uh, Asperger's and a daughter with autism. And and I remember one time she came into my office. uh, Jay and I used to run a homeschool resource center in Vancouver and she came into my office and just she was going to the homeschool co-op and she said, I just feel like everyone's looking at me. I feel like, you know, I'm in the, I'm trying to do a class like you you are, but my child is having a meltdown and so-and-so's child wasn't. She so said, I just feel so sort of judged and looked down on. And I'll tell you what, in that moment, it was so good for me just to hear sort of the, the rawness in her and the emotion that she was, she was, she's a mom just like me who has a challenge Mm -hmm. that maybe I don't have. And it gave me so much Mm -hmm. empathy for her and so much love for her child, because just to hear her say, you know, um, my daughter can't verbalize, like she's trying to tell me something. And oftentimes I miss the clue until she just has a meltdown or maybe there weren't any clues and she has a meltdown. And, and Mm -hmm. it was just good for me. It was a good reminder. And it made me a lot more, um, aware and I would say, I would go so far as to say even more tenderhearted um, toward her and her daughter and her son, because I realized, yeah. man, there are some things that I could be doing, not the least of which is just coming up, you know, alongside my friend and giving her a big old hug and saying, you're doing great. You're a great That's mom. Right. You're just a great mm-hmm. mom. And I'm just so inspired. And I really, and Wendy, this is true of you. I mean, I've had the, I've had the privilege of, of, of being on, sharing a stage with you in Tennessee for a little while and you, your heart. Uh, For the Lord and for other women and for moms is so precious. And it's wonderful for me to be able to see what the Lord's doing and has done in the little bit of time that I've known you. And so I appreciate you just being willing to come on and talk about um, how parents can help families that have children with disabilities. I I don't know if you know this. We don't think you and I have talked about this, but my niece has Down syndrome. I don't know if you knew that. Um, I
1: did not. And I have a nephew, I have a twin sister, and she has a child who has Down syndrome. And he was also recently
0: diagnosed with autism. Oh, wow. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you know what? These so, kids um, are, um, they are special. My my uh, niece, Kendall, who has Down syndrome, is just one of the most precious kids. So tenderhearted, you know, <laughs> never kind of know what's going to come out of her mouth. <laughs> but she <laughs> is a precious, precious gift. And um, I think, you know, in the culture, we don't often see it that way. And so right. part of it, I think, is just right. learning to see these kids the way God sees them and loving mm-hmm. them the way God loves them because we get to be his hands and feet to a generation that really needs mm-hmm. us to be. So so I think one, obviously, we've just said one thing is, you know, just love on these moms. And actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave this podcast right there this time because I want to leave— uh, the men and women who are listening to this today, we're going to come back next time and just give some real practical ideas. So for those of you who are listening and you do have a child with Asperger's or autism or Down syndrome, or you have a child with special needs, we're going to talk directly to you and just give you um, give you some encouragement. But I just want to... Um, I just want to encourage you today, those of you who are listening, that um, God has a plan for you, and He knew exactly what He was doing when He gave you your children. and And I think so important. I know Wendy would would agree. Is just so to surround yourself with um, with people who can encourage you, not to that you know that won't discourage you, but rather will come alongside you and encourage you and bless you, um, and lift you up on your journey. Because yeah. the truth is, we're all going through something. Every single one of us. Some of us, some of us, our stuff is out there where people can see it, and some of us. It's not, it's hidden deep inside and it's still just as hard, just different kind of hard. So um, we need each other and we need each other's uh, encouragement. So Wendy, would you come back one more time with me and we can encourage some of these moms who need a, a little side hug from heaven? Yes, I sure would.
1: Thank you for asking me. I'd love to be that.
0: You're welcome. If you guys want to hear more from Wendy, you can find her at hiphomeschoolmoms.com. They do a wonderful thing over there. And Wendy, uh, I think I'll probably ask her about homeschooling because she is also, I don't think we mentioned that you have homeschooled all three of your kids all the way through. So um, that is quite an accomplishment as well. So we're going to come back here next time at the Busy Mom Podcast and spend a little bit more time with Wendy. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll see you back here next time.